For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Better call! Hey, be, hey! What's up, everybody? Welcome. We are live on YouTube, as is always the case. And we are on the podcast feed of your choice whenever you want. That is the beauty of the future. We live in the future. Podcasting is the future. In the future, you, the consumer, control time. Stitcher. i got to check the analytics, John. I'm not sure what percentage of our listenership comes from Stitcher. I'm guessing it's smaller than the percentage of our listenership that comes from outside of the United States. I checked that stat today. You know what that number is? Uh, less than a percent. No. 10%. I don't believe it. I don't either. Uh, all right. But that's what it said. Don't Actually, believe I might have been looking at a YouTube, a specific YouTube, maybe a specific YouTube video was 10%. It's great to see everybody. Uh, great to be back. Don't forget on the YouTube, please hit that like button. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. That helps us out. The like button definitely helps us out. The subscriptions help us out. Uh, the growth. If you're not growing, you're shrinking. And if you're shrinking... I was in the pool, bro. And if you're shrinking, you're in the pool. Uh, on the podcast, five stars on the Apple podcast. Some of you, I've gotten a few DMs from people. They say, I gave you five stars on Spotify, and I'm now sending you a mailback question. You can do that as well. Share with your friends, share with your enemies. You guys know the drill. Share with your friends, grassroots, tell your people. You know, <clears throat> Facebook ads. Couldn't even run them if I wanted because I can't even get into Facebook. But uh, 
according to Gary V, one of his 70 million posts, that those aren't as powerful as they once were, depending on your business. I, I think for us, podcasts, it was always different than some. You know, I, we ran some podcast Instagram ads. It's just, yeah. it's different than like real estate ads and some other things that, you know, are probably a little bit more like, wait, what do we, this guys, these guys are doing? Well, what's going on? If you're selling products, right? If you're selling, yeah. um, American flag thongs, like on Instagram, that's probably a, it's a hot Can you get those? Can you get them? Of course. I would can. wear one of those Labor Day weekend for sure. Of course you can get them. Um, all right. Let's tell the people, John, first and foremost, before we dive into the news of the day and everything going on, that we are sponsored by our wonderful friends, the wonderful people, the people that make the product that drives our nation. We are sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. That's not their slogan. That's ours. I can't tell you, headed to Nashville this weekend, how many Tito's cocktails I, pl- I plan on drinking, guy. I, I plan on drinking Tito's and sodas, John Daly's, Tito's on the rocks. If, if I make it to the Grand Ole Opry, I'm just going to say, bring me a bottle. The Grand Ole Opry. I might go to the Grand Ole Opry Friday night. That's a great idea. Yeah. just dun, 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 dun. Who's performing, you think? Uh, well, sometimes they do TBDs, you know? So it's like so anybody sudden, could drop it's like in. fucking Garth Brooks or Brooks and Dunn's there. Or it could just be like some random guy that looks like me and you. But you might have some jams. You it's never probably know. incredible. Yeah. Yep. Our, our buddy Stapleton. Brian Hawkins said it's pretty fun. Stapleton would be at the top of the list, right? Yeah, I I don't think you could go wrong with any like top twenty guy because they're you know it's a big deal you know it's like getting to play at like Lambo or something you know it's just that's a bad example but you know what I mean I do know what you mean John no matter how you do it you're gonna do it with a Tito's in hand Tito's and beer a Tito's and ginger beer I personally love uh, Tito's and a flavored bubbly water John mentioned that's a good option as well. Uh, recipes and more Tito's vodka.com over 20 years since Tito beverage. That's the man's name. His name is beverage. Spells it with a deep button. Nonetheless, Tito beverage is his name. And he started making Tito's and then he started winning awards, national awards, uh, worldwide awards. And then it became the vodka that took over the world. So sometimes when I go to, sometimes when I go to Starbucks, I'm like, can I get an espresso Martino martini with Tito's? And I realize it's only 7am. Like I can't do that quite yet. (laughs) Just give me the espresso and I'll get the martini. I've got the yeah. vodka back home. Uh, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. So thankful to have Tito's back on the podcast again for football season. We appreciate everybody uh, that supports. Keep sending us, DMing us your photos of you enjoying a Tito's. You got a crowd over there? Put no, the, I'm, no just, I'm just going to show it. Show it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, flag song. I just slammed a little uh, <laughs> coffee. I know I did too. I'm telling you, it's it hits hard. John, today the 49ers held a press conference to explain why Jimmy Garoppolo is back. Their backup quarterback, and it was funny when it started. It was a teleconference. John Lynch came on, and you know when there's a big topic that everyone wants to talk about, and the team doesn't want to talk about, they'll start and they'll say, "Hey, just to start, we're not talking about John Middlecoff's suspension. We will have no comment on that issue." It was the opposite. John Lynch came on and said. Just so everybody knows, we're only taking questions about Jimmy Garoppolo. That's all we're here to do today. It was before the 1 o'clock p.m. cut deadline, uh, so they didn't want to get to any roster management. No no breakdown on Jason Poe's position? Yeah, there was still time for them to make moves. Uh, So we're only going to talk about the thing that everybody wants to talk about, is basically what John Lynch said. In fairness, like it's kind of dumb to do a press conference on all the guys you're cutting because you're going to want a lot of guys back on practice squad, a lot's out of your control. You you could argue, you know, doing a press conference on that stuff doesn't make sense for another two days, right? 
it makes complete sense. I just, it was so, I've heard a lot of press conferences. You've heard a lot of press conferences to hear a press conference. When the person comes on and says, the only thing we're going to talk about today is the thing that you all want to talk about today. That's rare, right? The well, you would, so you, you would say Jimmy Garoppolo re-signing to be the back Trey Lance's backup more than likely is going to be the biggest story of the week in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I guess if Lamar were to sign some extension, that would feel like a big story, but most of us don't think Lamar's going anywhere anyway. If Pickett sometime this week is named the starting quarterback of the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. But this has been the longest running story, one of the <laughs> longest running stories in the league. This and, you know, Lamar's contract situation probably. So it's pretty telling that they called a press conference to answer questions about it today. Well, they didn't have a choice uh, because I think I, I've had now close to 24 hours to let this marinate and soak in. Uh, we'll talk about all our thoughts coming up over the next whatever long we're on. Uh, but it, it it still is one of the most shocking revelations and things to happen, I would say, in their tenure. Right. I, I would say, first and foremost, that trade up kind of came out of nowhere when they went 12 to three was pretty nuts. But that was a legit surprise. You know, it's just draft time. You just you never know. A trades happen. I, I just think we we talked about this yesterday on our emergency pod after we already did a podcast. It was just something you didn't expect. It, it was just not an expectation of mine that it was even an option for him to come back. And maybe part of it was I wouldn't think Jimmy would want that. Uh, and then the more time you have to think, you realize like I think one area of leverage before we get into Kyle's belief in Trey, the franchise belief in Trey, their belief in Jimmy being a hedge and all that stuff is that on a, on a most basic level, their greatest leverage in a position where they wanted the guy back is Jimmy Garoppolo was not getting six and a half million dollars anywhere else. And the Niners had his amount of money, right? 25 plus million dollars. And that, that was the amount of money they had to play with. So once the Browns were not interested, it feels like at all, maybe if they cut him, they would have given him a very, very cheap deal. Jimmy Garoppolo was not getting six and a half million dollars anywhere else. I, I, I think that is a borderline fact. And that was the 49ers leverage. They can say whatever they want, the kumbaya, they talked it all out. But I think from a strictly financial standpoint, and this is a business first and foremost, him and Don Yee had to just look like, Jimmy, you're not getting $6.5 million potentially. The, you, let's say his biggest offer would have been three. And it might have been the Browns, but hey, you're not starting right away. Well, Jacoby, he's already been here. Maybe you start a couple games in if it's going. It could just be a herky-jerky situation. You will go with Seattle where everyone thinks they're going to suck and they might suck. Like That's pretty risky, and they're only going to give you a couple million bucks. We will give you $6.5 million. So beside all the fact that, hey, Trey might get replaced in a couple weeks if he's not playing well or whatever, from a money standpoint, I think Jimmy by far I mean, has been the live PGA Tour thing. He was getting the most money black and white with the 49ers. Do you, do you agree with that? Uh, mostly. I mean, Kyle Shanahan made it repeatedly clear that the situations that might have been available to Jimmy were not very good. So, yeah, maybe Seattle was offering four. I'm, I'm just using Seattle as an example. Maybe Seattle was offering four and a half. We'd have to look at their cap and see what they were able to offer. Maybe they weren't offer. It's very possible some of these teams were not able to offer the bonuses and escalators that the Niners were able to offer Jimmy. Right. Like maybe someone could have offered him six and a half, but they couldn't have given him um, playtime bonuses that would have equated to 14, 15, 16 million dollars like the 49ers could. I think that's very possible, too. Uh, I do think it's possible that Jimmy looked around and looked at the landscape. And this is what Kyle said. Is the I, got, I got I got Seattle at 11 mil. Yeah. So, right. Even if they could have offered him six and a half million, 
the situation's not necessarily better, and they could not have offered him playtime if something happens to Trey Lance tomorrow and Jimmy starts 17 games. Bonuses that equate to the number that the Niners have given him right up to, I think, $16 million. I think there's a big difference because I think Seattle with 11 and obviously the Browns have a ton of what their available money is and what they told Don Yee that if he's released, how much what their contract offer would be. And I I think it's fair to say that all his contract offers, if released and was just a free agent, were all going to be less than six and a half. And I think at this point in time, by the time the deal was signed with Jimmy, they knew exactly what the other numbers were, right? Yep. The listening, they'd only, they'd only had six months to figure it out. They had so much time <laughs> to figure it out. Um, you know, listening to Kyle and John Lynch today, we talked on Monday about what what are the things they would say, the tone they would set. It was very clear that both of them, or at least they made it clear that both of them were very happy about the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is back on their team. And you could almost tell that they were both surprised that it came to this. Kyle Shanahan and Mayoko asked a good question. He said, I don't understand. Why is he not practicing? Why is he not in meetings if you thought this was a possibility? And what Kyle Shanahan said was, because I thought the chances of this happening were slim to none. And he said that he'd told Jimmy a while back, hey, whatever situation, you go find your situation. If you can't find the right situation, we'd love to have you back here as a backup. And then he said Jimmy saw the other situations. The last third preseason game passed. Nobody created a need by an injury. And it would not have been right to have him out there practicing at $24 million, which I do think is logical, right? You can't have him practicing at $24 million, have him get hurt, and now you have guaranteed him $24 million. Because one thing Kyle Shanahan said was, under no circumstances were you paying Jimmy Garoppolo that money to be on this team. Like, that was not – he didn't say it exactly that way, but that's what he said. Well, you you could not have a backup quarterback making $25 million. That's just uh, – you can if the guy gets benched during the season. But you cannot go into the season if the guy's not going to be like no business. So do you agree no with world. that logic? You couldn't have him get hurt in practice or would you have practiced him on the slim chance that you would have had him back? I agree with if he's willing to do what he did, which he was, he capitulated with what you needed to happen. It, he played a huge role in them en- enabling this whole situation to play out. I think a lot we've said over and over, most guys would not have done that. I would say every guy would not have done that, not named Jimmy Garoppolo. So yeah, you you could not pra- you couldn't risk someone falling on his leg, and we had bullshitted a little bit. I mean, kind of tongue in cheek, but put him in a preseason game. You definitely couldn't do that, right? Right. right. A broken leg, boom, twenty five mil, because that also takes away the ability to like next year. Could you trade a second round? You know, if some sweet player becomes available this off season, or I mean, during the season, you have a ton of cap space to make a trade. Hey, we'll give our second round pick for, uh, you know. I just pick a sweet player that becomes available. They might need, right? That's part of why you always want to have cap space. Like having cap space when you're a good team is very valuable thing. That's why Emmanuel. I don't. What did Emmanuel Sanders cost when they acquired him? Yeah, probably not nothing. I mean, they gave a second or third and a fourth round pick. I mean, remember they traded a decent amount of cap space. I mean, a decent amount of draft capital. capital. Yeah, I do. I do 100% believe him. Under no circumstances, if Trey Lance had gotten hurt. I think they still would have been like, we got to redo this contract. Jimmy's contract was getting redone no matter what. Yeah, now, maybe not the six got and hurt, they, they would have had much less leverage to force Jimmy. To they would have, but maybe it would have been cut in half and then incentivized to where you yeah. can make like $30 million. But it was, you know, let's, let's face it is, do you think the Jimmy Garoppolo we saw last year relative to the rest of the league, you had a factor in what everyone's making is a $26 million quarterback. Is that probably right around his value? Uh, 
Yeah, I think he's to me is probably a twenty-one million dollar quarterback, twenty-three million dollar quarterback, which is not, you know, with that what to me like we I the real answer is let's go look at like what top fifteen money is, and I put him right around there. The problem is there's not really that right because his little group he's the worst of like obviously the Dak, the Cousins, the Car. Those guys are better than him. Yeah. They all make forty to forty-eight million dollars. Yeah, I mean the right? world where Sam Darnold makes eighteen, Jimmy Garoppolo's. A Easily good deal worth twenty six. Yeah, yeah. He's if, you know if Sam Darnold's eighteen, Jimmy's truly his true value is probably thirty seven. If if Sam you know if we just said Sam Darnold's eighteen, what's Garoppolo worth? I'm not saying you'd pay Garoppolo thirty seven, but he's much better than Sam Darnold. Much, 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 much better than Sam Darnold. Um, Sam's deal is really not a a negotiated deal. It's just he lucked into getting his fifth year option picked up, right? Him and Baker fall into that category. It's not like yeah, it's not someone paid example. him. You're right. But I know what you're saying. But you know why? Because the Jimmy does not exist in his price point range, like 18 to $25 million. That that player doesn't exist, does it? Who you're like, yeah, we could start the whole season with this guy and compete to make the playoffs. The guy does not no. exist. No. You're either making like Mariota Trubisky money or you, you're facing If you're a starter, you're basically 38 and above. If, you, if, you're, if you're not on a rookie contract, there, there is no middle ground anymore. There's yeah. no, how about that guy on that three year, $60 million deal? Love that one. Well, it's, you're getting overpaid. You're getting underpaid until you get overpaid. Right. Yeah. Like Kittle, underpaid. He, but he was really he underpaid gets, before he, that. Yeah. He gets screwed by his position. Yeah. It's just in football, you tend to get paid for what you're about to do. Like baseball, you get paid, you get overpaid at baseball because you get paid for what you did. Yeah. Football, you get overpaid for what you're about to do, but you may not get overpaid. Well, you unless you're that Julio out. guy with Seattle and they're already giving him, you know, $140 million. DK? That seems, seems a little crazy. You're on DK? I'm talking about, no, the baseball player for the Mariners. Oh, Julio Rodriguez. Ten-year contract. Uh, or whatever. Ten, it's a massive a, contract. But he's a rookie. Like, no, he's seems fantastic. Like, he's a star. Yeah, but I mean, so was Tatis until he got popped for doing drugs. So it's Oh, like, well, yeah, but he's, Tatis will come back and still be a... I, I'm just saying, like, the, the, I would say in baseball now, they are paying some of these young guys before they've really done much. Yeah. But I think they're paying them numbers that you can, in the end, what does it equate to? 14 million a year? Yeah. 140 million bucks. Is that what his deal was? Like 10 years, 140? Yeah. You know, with like a bunch of escalators. Carlos Rodon was making more money. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it really aren't, they're not contracts that kill you. That's the beauty of it. If you miss, if you sign 10 guys to those contracts. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah, I thought listening to John and Kyle today, Middlecoff, they sounded like two guys who felt lucky. They 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 found themselves a safety net that they didn't think they were going to have, and we could say that they overvalue. Some people say they overvalue Jimmy, right? That they shouldn't be shocked that there was nowhere for Jimmy to go. That they value Jimmy more than um, the rest of the league does. But you know, I think uh, their view clearly, and they made the point to say repeatedly, hey. Backup. I told Jimmy you can come back as the backup. We told Jimmy you can be Trey's backup. We told Jimmy, you know what 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 you did, what Trey did for you last year is what he's doing for Trey this year. And Trey's happy about it. Trey likes him. All right. They said all of that stuff that you would expect him to say. I think the bottom line is they're pretty happy about the way it worked out, which is I think pretty amazing when you consider when Jimmy got surgery, they were not happy at all about the way it was working out. Right. Yeah. Which because they were on the losing end of a deal. <laughs> Like that's that's the reason. I, I thought that was pretty crazy that they got mad with a guy who was injured and got surgery. <laughs> you know, 
I know the communication, which we found out they're not the greatest communicators back and forth. I, I have no issue. I thought they were kind of in the wrong on being mad there. I understand in their position, like, this sucks. But it's like, yeah, I mean, this guy got hurt on your watch. Like, I don't I, I didn't blame Jimmy Garoppolo for not like being you're getting rid of me no matter what. I'll get the surgery when I get the surgery. Yeah, I don't Happens blame me sports a lot. It, sometimes you get lucky and the Niners have gone from unlucky to lucky to unlucky to lucky. To, I don't even know Th- this whole thing with Jimmy is. Lu- I mean, well, Jimmy we, we said it, we said it yesterday. Yeah, we said it yesterday in a vacuum. He's the best deal in the league at six and a half million dollars. But this is not. These aren't robots. And you can tell me over and over how great people are, how good of friends they are. And I, I saw you were listening. I saw some quotes like they hammered that home, how close they think those guys are. They're good buddies. I I, I still think there is a, there's a fine line with this shit when the pressure amps up. And I, I don't know, some struggle happens. Jimmy had struggled before, right? Jimmy had been the starting quarterback and had ups and downs. He was a seventh, eighth year, 29-year-old who had, been dog cussed for three and a half years by Belichick, who had gone through the ringer with Kyle, who's the oldest soul, 43-year-old you'll ever meet in your life, who's hard on quarterbacks and offensive players, to a young guy who has just really experienced it for a year. To me, it's just a, it's a human dynamic bet on high character stuff, which I, I don't care how great of a human you are. And the character, let's just give both these guys pluses which I think it's fair to say that so far through their careers, Jimmy definitely falls under that. And what we've seen of Trey seems like a high level guy. Everyone likes him. It's a big, you know, things happen. The pressure, you know, envelope or pendulum swings the other way in terms. Now it's on this guy. We know Jimmy can handle it, but Trey has never been in this position. I, I no disrespect. And Marty Morningwick hammered this home and I'll never forget it. Like, the game for for because he was a Montana guy and he's like when Monta because I was like you know this is not a big game this is a big game he's like every game is a big game to the people that are involved in that game right you're doing UC Davis Cal this weekend that game for UC Davis my dad fucking loved UC Davis football and basketball but football specifically and when they beat Stanford 15 years ago or whatever to UC Davis people and who knows how many people were at that game honestly if we look back might have been four thousand people and three of them might have been UC Davis fans because Stanford was awful. You know the pride that program had in winning that game? I remember still, that. Very they'll still clearly. talk about it to this day. I you remember what, my dad calling me to tell me about it. I'm like, I know. You, he was listening you know what to it, on the radio. You, do you know what it would mean for UC Davis to be Cal this weekend? And let's say Cal yeah. turns out to be a four-win team. They don't give a shit. Just like North Dakota State, every game Trey Lance started in that one year was an enormous deal in that community. So, like, in that community, he's felt pressure. But it's fair to say it's just it's just bigger in the NFL especially for this franchise who I don't know was a final four team. And then you factor in anytime you're a player in the, I've always felt this. And this is why Leatherwood is a story today. When you are known and and Solomon Thomas and Ruben Foster and Cleveland Farrell, ones that when you are so-and-so first round pick, like part of the reason Dak and Russell are this like found money, even Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like when you're not a second round pick and on, it's all gravy. It's all gravy, whether you're Debo or Kittle. When you are first-round pick, and then when you're a top-three pick that they traded the farm for, there are all these other variables with this player that no one knows from a human element if just this added part, like, hey, I like Jimmy, bring him in. He probably said that. 
clearly, I mean, they they said that they had been talking to him the last couple of days, both parties, right, and trying to make sure everyone's on the same page and they needed to get Jimmy's number a little lower than Trey Lance's number, that Belichick dynamic. I, I, I do think it's a different deal. Two picks against Seattle and you get upset week two. Like, are they still kumbaya sitting next to each other in the meeting? <laughs> does, like, hey, does, does, I guess Brian Greasy might not say this, but if, G, if Kyle was in there, like, this is what Jimmy would have done, Trey. You watch Hard Knocks, that gets said all the time. Like, this is what this guy's doing. Like, that's just how the way coaches talk. Now, Brian probably keeping his. How about that sneaky, tough position for that guy to be in? He's never fucking been a head, been a position coach. He's never been a coach. And now he's dealing with this dynamic. I know he's been a player and he started, he's backed up, and his dad's a famous player, but that's not nothing. Because there are going to be times when it's just Brian with those guys and Kyle's doing, you know, press conference or dealing with John Lynch or who knows what, right? That's a lot of pressure on a, to me, McDaniel and even when LaFleur was here, those guys had been in the league a long time, even though they were less accomplished, famous names and stuff. But like all those guys had seen the Matt Ryan situation, had seen the RG3 and Kirk Cousins situation. They could just kind of feel it out. This guy hasn't been in a position room, even as a player in a decade plus. It's, Sneaky lot of pressure on a position coach who's a first-time ever coach. Yeah, I mean, the players control. Like, the Niners are making a bet on Trey Lance here, and it also feels like they might be making a bet against Trey Lance here. The bet on Trey Lance is that mentally he can handle it. The real question is, are they simply just taking the value in Jimmy Garoppolo that has fallen in their lap, or are they, are they also making a bet against Trey? Right. That's the question. And the Niners want us to believe that it's not a bet against Trey. It's simply value has fallen in our lap. Well, we said that. Yes, we said that yesterday. It was a lock. They were going to say that. Right. Of course. But it may be true. We don't know yet. Time will tell. We'll find out. Right. We'll find out because I do think you can make the argument if you say and you said it, we talked about it. Every team would take Jimmy Garoppolo as their backup at six and a half million dollars. Right. Yes. So that exists. Period. That is true. The question is, do they feel like they really need him? Or they're going to need him? And when is Kyle Shanahan willing to go to him? Is he just there as a backup? There's all kinds of different backups. There's backups that are need to have their helmet in their hand, and there's backups that aren't playing unless the starting quarterback gets hurt, right? Would the Cardinals have done this? Would the Eagles have done this? Would you know just pick some teams with young quarterbacks who have started more? You'd probably yeah. say no. You could argue right? that they wouldn't do it, and the reason the Niners can is because they clearly, and this is what John and Kyle repeatedly, they bet on their ability to manage to have the right personalities in the room and manage those personalities. And they are walking a fine line again, just like they walked a fine line last year trying to develop Trey but keep Jimmy the starter. They're walking a fine line again this year. Much easier then because Jimmy was the incumbent. No matter what was said on the outside, Kyle wasn't going to pivot. This one, I think it's fair to say the roles are reversed. <clears throat> I think the majority of fans that you would poll and people on the outside just like give Trey the year. I think it's inarguable now that Kyle questions because this is not the Jags. This is not the bears. And this is not the jets where if any of those teams had done this, you'd be like, what are we doing? Just let the young guy play. I'm just using that. You know, obviously with Trevor Lawrence, they wouldn't, but you know what I mean? You had a second year quarterback. You draft in the first round, let the fucking guy play. We're going to be bad. We're going to be five, six, seven, whatever. Let that play this to me. He is not in like, let's just figure it out on the fly. (laughs) He is trying to win playoff games. Like that is, he talked about it in the brick by brick thing, the opening. Like they are here to get back and make a run. None of those other teams are, right? So, like this notion that he has just full belief, 
I, I think now we know he just does not. Now, I think outside and the internet, and we've been argued with, has much more belief than Kyle Shanahan. Just like last year, the internet wanted to see Trey Lance a lot more than Kyle Shanahan. But to me, it's flip-flopped. We'll see, right? Because it's a lot easier to root for, to say, I want to see Trey Lance. Are those same people now going to say, I want to see Jimmy Garoppolo, or is it just a different segment of people? I'm talking about today, though. Like, I think the belief of the unknown and this guy, like, don't make that big a deal about some missed throws in practice like Kyle does. Like, that bothers him. That makes him nervous. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If he was not nervous and had 100% belief, I even think the value, Jimmy Garoppolo's cut. Yeah, the irony is that Jimmy makes everybody nervous, right? Jimmy makes Kyle nervous. Kyle calls timeouts sometimes if the ball's on his own 15-yard line with a minute and a half left instead of driving the field because he doesn't believe. Now, other times they make drives. but The difference is there's a known and an unknown. And to Kyle, that but, means but a lot. I agree. I do agree, except what I know about Jimmy Garoppolo is that he's also inconsistent. Like, I know that about him, right? Is that he was on the verge of being replaced last year by Trey. That's the irony. Yeah. Jeep says, why do you guys act like he still will not get traded? We're not acting that way. He could get traded in October if Trey Lance has played really good football. Yeah. I don't expect it, though. I Because, A, as we talked about yesterday, they need a first or a second rounder, maybe a third rounder, since they'll get a third rounder when he leaves. It's compensation. But also, if you believe that he is a safety net as a backup in case your quarterback gets hurt and you think your team's good, then you don't trade Jimmy Garoppolo on October 7th. Even if Trey's playing. No, it's November. So you got two months. Remember, we Or November, October 30th, whatever. I'm just saying, I think Trey being good and the team being good doesn't necessarily make you more likely to trade Jimmy because you go, I'm good. Why would I, you know, Trey's still one play away from needing Jimmy. Yeah. So it would, it would take a lot. It would take a perfect circumstance. You said the yesterday, take a team kicking ass veteran quarterback and desperate and it would be a high price. They're, yeah. they're not trading him just for a fourth round pick now because his value to them with the comp- compensatory pick, Ozzie Newsom made a career of letting the guy walk and getting all those picks. Hell, and the Niners historically are drafting around that range. <laughs> Nick on the stream. Thanks, Nick. Jimmy and Trey, best friends. Do you all believe that? I don't believe they're best friends. I believe they get along, but I don't think they've really been through, you know, they haven't been through shit together, man. Man, you and me, brother, the things we've seen. I mean, they've gotten along, but it's been a pretty normal, you got drafted, I'm the incumbent. It's easier for Trey to be like, Jimmy's our guy. It's easy for Jimmy to like Trey as long as he is the guy. This will be a different test than what they had last year. Well, it's been a one-sided relationship. Like I said, the pendulum has now swung. And that, to me, is what they're betting on, and I think that's very risky to bet on. Uh, Hester says Jimmy started three and five last year. Trey deserves at least that many games as a leash. I trust that Kyle will cut him some slack as long as he's not blatantly bad. I don't think he can start three and five. I do not think so either. But I also don't think he has to be. He can be solid and they are, you know, five and three. And I he's still the quarterback. I think but the question is, can he have a disaster game early on? And he's a lock to keep his job. That's I, I think it's fair to say that's unknown. You know, I could see Shanahan doing the thing where it's like, you know, you're down multiple scores in the second half. Jimmy comes in, leads him back. And then in the post game, Kyle's like, well, yeah, Trey's going to start next week. I don't know why you guys are asking those. We just needed Jimmy today, but Trey will be back next week. Couldn't you see one of those situations? I could, but then it would be all week long. Just keep riding with Jimmy. Yeah. Well, again, 
in the content business. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Mike Silver wrote this. No, hold on. Let me be dramatic again. Mike Silver wrote this. 49ers skip convention, embrace drama, keeping Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's what Silver wrote. Like many young quarterbacks, Lance experienced his share of stumbles. Most concerning, he had issues with accuracy and consistency. Sometimes during OTAs, he looked like a guy who could zip the ball from point A to point B with NFL caliber proficiency. At other times, he looked like Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn. Ooh, good Changes job. in his throwing motion apparently provoked by the previous season's finger injury led to arm fatigue and some skip throws. You'd better believe Shanahan and his assistants were at least somewhat unnerved. Lance could have alleviated those concerns this summer, but his training camp performances were uneven at best with a healthy share of missed layups and throws that landed nowhere near the intended target. And while last Thursday's exhibition finale in Houston may have been in Shanahan eyes, quote, a dumbass preseason game, end quote, QB1 clearly didn't make enough of an impression to convince his coach to ride or die with Nate Sudfeld and Brock Purdy as the sole alternatives in 2022. I, I, I'm glad Silver has kind of come back into this ecosystem because he's rattled some cages. I and, and I think the internet sometimes, there is a groupthink element where they like stick together and they they will push against anything that they hear that they don't like and everyone will pile on. Silver was right about the arm fatigue. Kyle even admitted it, but no one really wanted to be like, for the record, we never doubted it because we, because of what you're saying, we think Mike Silver's uh, sources are solid. Well, Mike Silver knows people with the 49ers. That's undisputable. And the internet, let's face it, for the most part does not. And not only does he know people, he's clearly saying without saying like they were unnerved because he fucking talked to them. Mike Silver knows everybody on every staff. I I I would have guessed three, four, five people, front office coaching staffs per team. And this Niner team, he's I would say could be stocked with people. I think he knows for a fact that Trey Lance has made him nervous. And what did he use as a specific example? Something we had talked about. It's the easy throws. And that's what drives Kyle nuts because he's going to get him a ton of easy throws. Remember when Jimmy went down? and the backups, the CJ and Nick Mullins, and he would just have easy throws, and they would miss him. You can't miss easy throws in this offense because he spends all week long getting you ready, and it might just be a wheel route, but the way he schemed it, that wheel route's about to go for 47 yards. And if you you hit fucking Mike Zimmer on the sideline instead of uh, Trey Sermon's hands or or Kyle Juszczyk down the side or whatever, and you're, you're hitting the trainer with the Lions, like it's a disaster. And that's made them nervous. Like, I, I think this is not an opinion. These are facts coming from the 49ers coaching staff. They are, and this is where I don't think it's arguable. They they wanted this to happen, and they were interested where maybe they weren't originally after more and more. They're concerned that he's not quite ready. And, and I talked to someone pretty close today that said, I, I think it's fair to say that they think my maybe the development isn't quite there. And the, they're going to start him, but like th- he was a royal project when you factor in that he had barely played. Now, to me, he eventually has to play. So, but, like, let's well, this just, is part of this is the next natural step of his development is to play. Is to play. But now the question is, if he starts missing some layups, you know, are, are we going back and forth? Does this become collegiate? You know, it's Jim Harbaugh. I, I think it's all on the table moving forward because here, here's what I think Jim, what Mike's alluding to. And we'll get into what Mayoko said, and just this is just the reality. Kyle's obsessed with winning games this year. That 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 is just not, like that, he was last year, right? Just like he was last year. 
It's a 100% fact. He does not give two shits right now about 2023. He will worry about that when it comes. They spent all offseason doing everything humanly possible developing this guy. And right now, he has reservations that this guy can do it. Now, he's going to give him the chance to see, but he has a backup plan. A $6.5 million backup plan that, again, Kyle doesn't even like that much, but it's he knows that at least he can function with him if he needs to give this guy a couple games off. You know, I, I what I think could see possibilities here if Trey has some moments, you know, kind of like, I don't really, the analytics in baseball have kind of changed this, but back in the day when Bochy's like, take a day, get your head right. You know, one of those, <laughs> like take a week off, get your head right, take a step back, start a couple games. If you struggled, take a step back, see it, and then maybe you start the next game, things like that. I think it's all on the table now. And I think Silver, I, I would recommend this to anyone listening who thinks Silver's been crazy this whole time. I recommend start reading him because what he's alluding to in some of his stuff is coming from the source. The, 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 the head of the snake. Maybe not Kyle specifically, but a chance maybe Kyle specifically. Well, I, I think with Silver, and I believe this last year, all the time with Mac Jones, that there was a truth in everything. And there turned out to be a truth in Silver. There turned out to be a truth in the Mac Jones stuff, even though everyone danced on the grave of everybody that said that they thought the Niners were drafting Mac Jones. Those people were not just randomly connecting dots between Kyle Shanahan and Mac Jones. Yesterday, Dante Whitner, 11 a.m., tweeted, oh, you got to wonder, is Jimmy going to be back on this team, right? So th- there are always these little drops of evidence out there that become very clear after the fact. And I think with Silver, he's had a career. What you say, almost 30 years? He was covering the Niners back when John Lynch was playing at Stanford. So uh, we take, I think the, what you've learned over years is the people who are tied in, they take educated, they're not guesses, they might be educated opinions. They might be off-the-record comments that then become their opinion because somebody can't get quoted. But um, here's the other thing. I think it's completely reasonable when you have a quarterback who started as few games as Trey Lance has started, who has thrown as few passes as Trey Lance has thrown, to not be completely sure about Trey Lance in terms of what you think he can be. I like Trey Lance. I am pro-Trey Lance. You are pro-Trey Lance. I don't know that Trey Lance is going to be their starting quarterback in seven years. I don't know that Trey Lance is going to have to sign a max contract with them. And whether or not Jimmy Garoppolo was back, it'd be the same deal. If you said to me, do you like Trey Lance? I'd say yes. If you said, would you have taken Trey Lance or Justin Fields? I'd say Trey Lance. If you said Zach Wilson or Trey Lance, what would you do? I'd say Trey Lance. If you'd said, would you trade it up for Trey Lance? I'd have said yes. If you'd said, do you think Trey Lance is definitely going to be the next Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, or a top 10 quarterback on Sandoz tiers in the next five years? I'd say, I don't know. Maybe, and I think it's. I think I think the safe. I think the safe bet. You said uh, it would be to bet against that, right? Oh, well, the now. safe bet is always to bet against it. But the safe bet would be to bet against it, even if Jimmy Garoppolo were not back. Even if we knew for a fact Trey Lance was starting every game, regardless, with the exception of injury, right? It is yeah. just the bet when a guy hasn't played a lot of football to go. The odds are against him. So, uh, while I think everything Silver said there is. I, I think everything Silver said is very reasonable because I think most quarterbacks, I don't know of anybody being a sure thing until you've seen them do it on the field, right? Like it's easy to look back and go, Josh Allen, it was really really clear year one. This is where it was heading. How do you think Sean McDermott felt about Josh Allen after he'd started two games for the Buffalo Bills? Was he sure Josh Allen was the future of the Bills? I would be shocked if he was. Now, maybe he was more sure than Trey. I don't know. I don't know how you would compare it, but – this is part of the deal. Like, I think, is, I, th- I think it's easier to be optimistic in that situation 
when you're kind of blowing up a team and you're thinking big picture because you're just in the optimistic mindset. I think when you are on a good team, like the 49ers are roster-wise, and you're trying – like ultimately the Bills were thinking like the next five years. I'm not saying 49ers aren't thinking big picture, but they're obsessed with trying to win. They think they can win the Super Bowl yeah, this year. Yeah. Which, but my point is, ultimately, so a lot of you're, not, you're, you're much more pessimistic in that situation because you're short sighted. Well, you yeah, I mean, I, I just think a lot of quarterbacks, quarterbacks in college football, get offered a lot of stuff, and they've not played college football level opponents. They've been in camps. We don't really know until you get on the field. Ungulule got Dr. Pepper before he started a game. That's right, and it was not a good use of Dr. Pepper's money, probably. No. So Trey Lance hasn't played, so we can't know. But Kyle Shanahan knows this. His t- this team should be really good. And the last thing he wants to do is get to week six and realize that Trey Lance can't help him win a championship this year. Yeah, I, I, I do think, and I'm not trying to like write this guy's career off. I'm just judging him from Kyle Shanahan's actions that like he is not, if it weren't going to work, he's not just going to go down with the ship. We have, like you said yesterday, Let's start believing them what they're saying. Let's start watching their history. And I think we always try to like, oh, this is not going to happen. This is not. And it's like, well, it did before. Now it's happening again. Kyle Shanahan pivoted off RG3 pretty quickly. Now, a lot different. He didn't want him in the first place. But part of it, like, he will not let shitty play lose him games over and over at that position. We saw it once with CJ and Robert Nick also Mullins. was getting hurt, right? And open well, the let's, door a let's, bit. let's use CJ and Nick Mullins. He drafted him in the third round. It was pretty clear early on, like this, you cannot start CJ. Boom, they went undrafted free agent. Nick Mullen started a couple games later. I, I I just think he's pretty ruthless at that position because all he's consumed with is trying to win, and that's his baby. You're the point guard of his of his team. And the number one thing that it always said, like he was big on accuracy. Ultimately, he wanted Drew Brees meets Lamar Jackson. Well, what's ultimately saying? An athletic guy who's accurate. <laughs> Kevin O'Connell, I, I listened to him with uh, with Coward had him on, and he's like, you know, he kind of views himself now. He's like, I learned so much from McVay, and McVay obviously learned so much from the Shanahan. Callan asked him like the number one, if you gave two attributes that are must haves when you're evaluating a quarterback, and he said the number one thing I look for is accuracy, because me as a player, for example, and remember he was once a third round pick to the New England Patriots. He's like, well, my downfall ultimately was it just. I wasn't an accurate thrower. When the ball came out of my hands, it just I didn't quite always know where it was going. Even I thought I knew, but it wouldn't go there. And I, I would say through, you know, Trey's limited experience as a player and then watching him at training camp, like that is his knock, is it not? Yeah. And if that's your knock, and it was Josh Allen's too, he fixed it. Can Dre fix it? Of course. Again, you and I are optimistic. The fan base optimistic. One guy is a little, you could say, pessimistic might even be too strong of a, of, of a, of a way to describe it, but at least uneasy with that being a problem right now, and that's the boss. Like that, That's I, not arguable anymore. I think this is... This is I, 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 see, I don't even know if I would say pessimistic. I think Kyle is just very naturally pragmatic. Can I get... Might this guy not be good? Yes, of course. The percentages say he might not be the future. I can have Jimmy Garoppolo. Might he be better than Trey Lance? Yes, he might. I can have him. Great. I'll take him. I always think back with Kyle to think about. I think there's some great insight in Kyle's thinking. It, I really relate to this. I don't know. You might too. But I remember I, last year, the year before, Kyle went on Rich Eisen show and gave one of my favorite quotes. He was talking about his wife. And he said, 
we were house hunting when we moved out here. And every house we went into, I'd be like, I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. And finally, his wife started breaking down crying. She said, why do you hate everything? He said, I don't hate everything. I actually, I want this house. She's like, you just said you hated it. He was like, no, I was just evaluating. In the end, this is the best one for me. And I think that's how, I think that's some insight into Kyle. You do that wrong. You do that wrong. You do that wrong. You do that wrong. I believe in you. Let's roll. I think he's, and I think it probably takes, I think we know this. Would you agree? It takes a mentally strong person to play for Kyle, especially if you're a quarterback. Right. People say it all the time with receivers, man, he was a receiver so hard on the receivers. And um, I think this is going to we'll see what it turns out to be. But if Trey Lance succeeds, if I were to go glass half full, if Trey Lance succeeds, we would say not only did he succeed as a quarterback in the NFL, that is very hard, but he did it despite what is a pretty awkward situation. And that's the question. The ultimate question is, is Kyle Shanahan making it harder for Trey Lance to succeed this year? Right. I mean, that's the real question. That's the biggest question. What's well, the? It's the biggest unknown of the situation that it's only going to be known as time plays out. And they, even then, if he fails, it'll be well. Was he going to fail anyway, or did he fail because you mishandled him? Right. We don't. Well, it's, the, it's the hard part about evaluate. Like a lot of times, right? Like in business, it's very black and white. Right. It's like why didn't this car sell? Where it fucking it, it had a defect, or you know, whatever a product. It would just. It was outdated six months because the competition. A lot of times with athletes, it's like, well, if this guy would have been on a better team, this guy's situation. Remember, Traymond used to always say, like, this guy had been on our team the whole time. He'd been good. He was always talking shit about other teams. Well, Josh Allen, who got cut today. I mean, not Josh Allen, Josh Rosen. It, it feels like he was destined to fail. It it does. I know. I, I was talking to my buddy Yogi Roth. I'm like, do you think it was? I asked him that. Was it destined to fail? He's like, you know, I don't know. I don't think so. I think he's a good guy. I don't think it was destined to fail, but it's hard to know. We'll just never know. But like Mariota is a pretty good example, right? High character guy, pretty skilled guy, has some accuracy issue. Like it was ultimately the downfall of Mariota. He's just not that accurate. Yeah. I mean, he was in a good situation in Tennessee. I think we can say he got a fair shake. But for years, Browns quarterbacks was always like, not a fair shake. Right. But they consistently were pretty bad other places, right? That's true. But I mean, the argument would be, well, the Browns ruined them. If Aaron, didn't Aaron Rodgers... Did Aaron say one time, like, if he went to Cleveland, he would not have turned into the same guy? Or he said the 49ers. Maybe he said the 49ers. Somebody definitely said that to me about the Browns, that if Aaron, a guy who played in the league, said that they think if Aaron had gone to the Browns, he would not have become Aaron. I think what makes Alex one of the most incredible stories in NFL history, usually a guy doesn't last four or five years in in the, you know, Andy Dufresne poop tunnel and and, and land on the other side, yeah. right? I, well, it feels like he's on, one of the rare ones. Not only land on the other side, it feels like Alex realized his full potential. Yeah. Which is remarkable. It is. John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, go to DraftKings Sportbook or download the DraftKings app. And when you do, enter the code HAM when you sign up. When you enter the code HAM, the DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, you will just have to bet $5 on any football game and you'll get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, you can get more action for opening night. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Here's the deal. If your team gets up by seven points at any point in the game, you win. You get paid instantly. All you have to do, you could lose by 30. If you would bet on Hawaii last week against Vanderbilt, and they lost by 50 or something, whatever it was, 
you would have won because Hawaii was up 7 nothing early in that game. That's it. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code HAM to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code HAM. Only the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. John, on Thursday, who do you like? Jim McElwain, Chippewas, plus 21 at Oklahoma State. Mike Gundy, lost defensive coordinator, lost a star running back. Chippewas are hot. Jim McElwain, Central Michigan, plus 21. Hammer that. I like Kyle Whittingham in Utah, minus three at Florida. Very good offense. They bring their quarterback, Cam Rising, back. They bring their tight ends back. Those guys catch a bunch of tight ends. They, uh, touchdowns. They bring both their running backs back. They bring their receivers back. They got this guy, Mo Diabate, a middle linebacker, super athletic, was the second leading tackler at Florida last year. Sign up with Code Ham. I like Utah Saturday night. What do you think it would mean for Utah to make the playoffs for the program? Be a historic moment for them? It'd be. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be incredible. I, part of it would be they just. Would it get the Big Ten to call them? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> They were like USC. What? I mean, if the, for their next two teams, like, would they be uh, entertaining? I mean, I mean, it's they would. It would be. It, I think it'd be one of the great. They were just in the Mountain West like a decade ago. It'd be incredible. It'd, it'd be an incredible success story. It would make Kyle Whittingham. I I hadn't really thought about this. I Kyle Whittingham's already, I think, a college football Hall of Famer. I think if we really looked at his resume, I, I think he belongs. But it would even. It would. Solidify. It'd be one of the greatest accomplishments in the history of the sport, I think. I think they'd have a chance. I they mean, they get, US, they get USC at home. You know, Oregon, we'll see. I mean, they, they are they, a, John, they're a popular college football playoff pick right now by like national media people. Yeah. Probably no no margin for error to lose a game. Um, historically, you can lose a game as long as you're the conf- a major conference champion, one loss. Would you say if they were going to lose a game, this might be the game to lose? Um, I think you can really lose any one game if you win your conference championship. But gotcha. I don't know. I feel like you would want to win this game and then lose some game that people are like, oh, you lost to Washington State on a Thursday night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that actually sometimes can be a better loss. Yeah. I do wonder if you went 11 and one or 12 and one because you won the conference championship game and this was your loss in Florida turned out to be like a nine and three team in the SEC. I think it'd get used against you in the like argument is like, look, you played Florida and Florida played Alabama and Florida played Auburn and they lost those games. So all you did was beat up on your league and we don't think your league's any good as opposed to you beat Florida and then you get tripped up in a trap game. I think you get viewed a little more favorable. You're better off losing to Oregon State on a Friday night. I think, yeah, it's like, oh, trap game. They got them. Okay. It happens to everybody. But what happens if you beat Florida, if you lose to Florida and then Florida goes seven and six? Yeah, it's risky. But are you better off? You have a trap game, and that team's six and six. Here's the thing: if you beat Florida, you're going to spend the whole year until that trap game rank like third. That's so you true. don't fall so that high. Yeah. To me, the only thing that I think about is like an SEC or Big Ten team, the one loss team, like if it's Michigan or Ohio State or Texas A&M that doesn't make the conference championship game, but has all these sweet wins. Like if Texas A&M is eleven and one, let's say, but their losses to Alabama, so Alabama represents that side. They're like we're eleven and one. See. And you're you're whatever twelve and one, but you also lost a game. It feels like the SEC gets that fucking extra budge. I think when you listen to the people who talk about like the selection committee, I think they 
value your highest win, your best win, more than they discredit you for your worst, worst loss, loss, right? So if Florida is going to be better than any of the teams you would lose to, then I think you, you, I think you're better off winning a game that makes you look good. Yeah. Um, so you'd want to beat Oregon, USC, and Florida if all those teams are between nine. Yeah, and and, and then it's wins. easy to say, okay, you just they play Washington State on a Thursday night. We'd be like, oh, they screwed them with the schedule, whatever, right? Alabama, Ohio State, these teams have had random losses over the years. Yeah, and again, if you're historically in the playoff, you're a one loss conference champ. You're you're in great shape. Butcherbox.com/ham and another special deal: free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast. Or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised, crate free, and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Um, all right, we talked about silver. What about our guy? Let's go, huh? The Matt Mayoko. Uh, what about our guy, Matt Mayoko, John? This is what he said on KNBR on Monday. Is better. Yeah. There's no question about First takeaway is the 49ers quarterback room is better. Yeah. There's no question about it. Like yes. Trey Lance did not have a safety net with with Nate Sudfeld or with Brock Purdy. Now, not only does he have a safety net, if Trey Lance loses, if the 49ers lose, let's put it this way, if the 49ers lose September 11th at Chicago and Trey Lance doesn't play well, that safety net might just become a trampoline that bounces over Trey Lance and could be the starter the next week. That's what I mean. There's I've I've long believed the 49ers were the most interesting team in football heading into this season. Now there's no question because if Trey Lance experiences the ups and downs like like we all know that he will, but his downs contribute to a loss or two. It's it puts everybody in a difficult position because I think we could probably all agree last year that the best guy, the best quarterback to lead the 49ers last year was Jimmy Garoppolo. Now they you know they made the no questions asked Trey Lance he's the starter we're moving on but it's now it's not so clear cut that that the number one quarterback is the number one quarterback. And it, the onus is certainly on Trey Lance to prove it every week. How could you argue with that? Last year's starting quarterback is on the team, right? I, I just think that Matt is like Peter King, a big J's J. I mean, this guy is not... And even Matt, I would say, is a little bit like Peter does sometimes have to talk on NBC and say some things. Matt does a show every week with Kyle Shanahan. Like Matt Mayoko, I mean, is probably the longest tenured one of them, probably in the NFL, wouldn't you say? Of just like a beat writer. I mean, he's. I think he's. I think he's probably one of the. uh, I don't know if maybe influential would be the word influential. I mean, he's he he does influence the sport, right? He is. He is a big part of who gets into the Hall of Fame. He is part of that process. So, yeah, I would say he is one of the stalwarts, one of the tent poles, whatever you want to call it, of NFL coverage. Yeah, and I, I think he, when he pushes back on, like, you know, this is hyperbole, he's done that. You and I have talked to him for years. You used to have him on the radio show. Like, he'll pump the brakes on stuff. So, him saying that, I think it's a twofold. I think it gets back to what Silver's saying. These guys talk to the coaches, the coaching staff. Not not like kind of people around the peripheral of the team, periphery of the team, the staff. They know what the thought process is. And then you've just been around the league long enough. Just fucking do the math. Wait, this guy was the starter last year. He's an eight, nine-year vet. He's just proven. And it's not one of those, well, he's only been a starting quarterback on the shitty teams. Like Jared Goff. Let's say he starts three years on the Lions. If the most he ever wins is five or six wins, he has no equity. Like, let's face it, Jimmy has some equity in the building. With, the, with his teammates, with his coaching staff, hell, with the fans. Like, Jimmy has equity. 
And Trey's equity is just out of draft capital. It's not out of it proving anything and hope, right? And hope's one of the most powerful things in the world, right? For any human, <laughs> you know, if you, if you have a little hope, I mean, it's, it's, it's powerful, whether it's in sports or whether it's in life or no matter what you're doing, but he does not represent anything tangible like Jimmy does. And so if you just, if you just take the emotion out of it, and even if you don't know the dynamics and you just presented this to a sports fan, they'd be like, ah, this is kind of a weird situation. Right. And then let alone once you know all the dynamics and you factor in what Matt would know, I don't think he's just saying this stuff. I, I know you don't either, but I, I think a lot of people listening and the internet loves pushing back on this shit. It's just not made up now. It's just not like we know it's, it is what it is. You know, I, I think that's just buckle up, you know, buckle up because I, I, I am prepared for anything. I'm not saying like he's getting benched in a half, but it's all on the table. And that guy, We'll look around the league all season long. There won't one thing Matt is right about. There is not another dynamic with a guy with a hat and a clipboard standing there like this one. Not even close. Not even close. Because remember, I think when Carson Wentz got benched for Jalen Hurts a couple years ago, I think immediately then Sudfield got bumped up and Wentz kind of got like, it's just kind of over for the year. Like we're going to put you on ice. Like obviously there were different personal dynamics there, but this is. Part of it, like you just couldn't have, you know, you're always just one play away or one bad series away. And that's not how it's supposed to be, but that's what it's kind of going to feel like. I'm I'm excited. This makes something we talk about much more interesting, more people watching. Like Matt said, I'm a little biased like him. It, it easily, I don't know where, top two or three, it's, it's one of the more polarizing things in the NFL. It's not even debatable because... We did something to get a race from the record books after this story broke about Trey Lance's relevance just in the National Football League. He's all over the place because he is the one of the great unknowns and factoring in the draft capital everyone's fascinated with. Now that you had this dynamic, it, it was a jaw dropper when it happened. And I think the more and more you let it soak in, you just take the take a step back, take a deep breath, and it's like, whoa, this is this could get weird fast. Look, I think we could the Niners have won a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo? They could have, but they didn't. Could they have been in the Super Bowl last year? They could have, but they weren't. And I think there's a lot of reason to keep Trey Lance on the field, even if today he's 85% of Jimmy Garoppolo, but for the possibility of him becoming much, much better than Jimmy. And knowing that even if he's 85% Jimmy Garoppolo, both of them are limited. Both of them require you to play complementary football with your defense, with your run game. And because Trey can do things that Jimmy cannot, and those things can change the game, it makes sense to keep Trey Lance ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo even when there are things Jimmy can do that Trey can't. Because Trey's advantages are more unique. His athleticism, his ability to use his legs, and his arm strength. So he doesn't have to be exactly Jimmy because he can do different things than Jimmy. They're not exactly the same. But the fact is that Jimmy Garoppolo was the better quarterback in Kyle Shanahan's estimation all of last season, and they last played a game on January 9th. Well, today it's August 30th, so it's been about seven months. So is Trey Lance better than Jimmy Garoppolo now? When seven months ago, he was not the better option. For the entire offseason, it looked like the, the answer to that was yes. And I think right now, 
everything considered, trying to win, the things he can do, his mobility behind an offensive line that has some questions, and the upside potential with him. I still think Kyle Shanahan believes there is an advantage to playing Trey Lance over Jimmy Garoppolo. But for all the pressure that went on Kyle when he drafted Trey, right? This better work, Kyle, or else. This better work, Kyle, or else. Your job is on the line. The way to combat it, if you don't think it's going to work, is just to win football games and to go with the guy that you think can help you win the most football games. And then you can overcome a failed draft pick. So that reality exists. I think what you said, and you said a lot last year, Kyle's number one priority is how do I win this week? And then how do I win next week? And how do I win a championship this year? And I'll deal with that fallout later. We saw it happen with RG3. Now, again, different situation. He was ACL, one that put, yeah. Like, like there was a story today, and I don't, I'm sorry, I don't remember exactly where it came from, but it was, you know, Mac, Kyle had to be talked into Mac. I talked out, like, not talked out of Mac so much as Kyle wanted Mac and he was influenced away from Mac. I 100% believe that. I've, I have believed that. Of course, that's a possibility that he liked Mac and they got scouts in the building and the athletic wrote a piece that said Adam Peters is the best evaluator in the league and John Lynch and collaborative scouting and all of this stuff. So it's very possible that there was a point in time where he thought Mac Jones was a better pick than Trey Lance, but ultimately he took Trey Lance. That's who he took. Kyle Shanahan was not going to get Kyle Shanahan was, do you, do you agree with this draft a quarterback? He didn't want to draft. He's in charge. He wasn't going to draft Trey Lance if he wanted to draft Mac Jones. I could see just like he's like, I'm going to, you know, even the owner, like, are we sure? And he just kind of feels like he's like, it's close enough that I'll go with Trey. Here's my point. Getting talked into a guy is different than drafting the guy you don't want to draft. Yeah, I I think he likes. Well, right now, I don't know exactly his feeling on Trey Lance. I think at the time that they drafted him, he liked Trey Lance and the and the possibilities. Was it Mike Lombardi that said that to various? Lombardi said a bunch of stuff today. Lombardi had a post like uh this is don't believe the cover up or something like that. The cover up of what? I don't, well, he's been adamant that Jimmy was headed to the Seahawks. So I haven't seen if he revealed exactly what the cover up was since then. But. So the Niners just paid him so he wouldn't go to the Seahawks. I mean, I, 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 I do think there are some different versions of the, the way the Trey Lance played out that I would possibly believe I'm with you if he was yeah, like yeah, I agree with that. if Mac Jones to him was the guy that he wanted and Trey Lance was like closer to Justin Fields I think he would have said like screw you guys can fire me if this doesn't work out I think he came around a lot I do believe when they were flying home from Fields workout he was drawing the Trey Lance stuff I think he was very intrigued by the running element but I do think when you're at practice you know when the running element kicks in in hmm. games in games. Yeah. yeah. You know where it doesn't he doesn't really show up? Practice. Yeah. And in practice, what's happening? Just kind of normal plays. It's why I bet like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, like in their heyday, I mean Tom's still now in practice is probably just a clinic. You know, sometimes you read, you're like, What a day today by Aaron Rodgers, not a ball on the ground, right? Just this foof, 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 foof. That because it's it's really just kind of seven on seven. But the Kyler Murray Lamar talking to my guy in Baltimore, it's like Lamar's awesome in practice, not running. He's not doing all the jukes. That, that's or Kyler too. That's that's live. So one of Trey's elements, it happened in the game for the first time. He slid. We're like, whoa! Now he runs every once in a while, but it's not. Kyle's putting zero emphasis into that. It's all about the passing game, and the passing game would make you nervous if you were at practice on some days. Like there were enough days where it was the days we were there, and other days we weren't there. Where was I mean the yeah. numbers are just hideous, yeah. right? 
And, and uh, nine of 15, you would say sometimes with Trey or nine of 16, four or five of those aren't, it's not like, you know, it was just a tough play. It was like, Oh, but I don't, to me, I said this a lot, John, the numbers, it's more about seeing it than it is the picks or the numbers. My my point is though, like three or four of the completions though are so terrible that like, if you're there, it's just one of those things. Like I've said this my entire life. I don't value practice that much. The games are fucking how you make your money. That's not the coaches don't value practice. They, they live for it. It means a lot to them. Yeah. Uh, the Lombardi tweet was, if Jimmy G was always a part of their plan to remain with the team, why didn't he practice? Once again, the cover-up is more damaging than the truth. And you said that they said that he wasn't part of their plan. Yeah, he right? wasn't part of their plans. Uh, Eric Crocker, Crocky on the stream says, last season the Niners found their identity when they stopped throwing the ball and ran it, and ran it 40 times a game, LOL. I think that they're going to play that way, but it just gets down to Jimmy's stats on third down are pretty good, and maybe Kyle's just unsure, like, on his four, three, and sevens, third and sevens throughout the week, you know, whoever where they're playing, you know, can he execute it? Because what's a third and seven? It's usually an out, a deep in, a comeback. You missed a couple of those. All of a sudden, it's a tie game against the Bears in the third quarter, you know? <laughs> Can you imagine that? He just trades a little off and it's a tie game in the third quarter. People's asses would be tight on their couches and on the sideline. Well, I already know it's going to be there's going to be a bunch of a bunch of tweets that are like, "Why would they stop talking about Garoppolo on this broadcast?" Right? That's happening. Uh I would say Jimmy G is a massive part of broadcast. Well, how about Troy Aikman? Week what is that? Week 3? No. Bronco week th- game? Week 3 is Torico uh Collinsworth. Romo? Oh, Col- oh yeah, Collinsworth still there. <laughs> week 4 is 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 uh ESPN. Right. I had a Monday thought the other day. I was watching the tour championship, Rory winning, and Tariko hands him the trophy. I don't know if Tariko gets enough credit for like he basically is Jim Nance. He calls golf and football, and like I, I think he's elite. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's but like Jim Nance gets all the credit. Like what? Just Jim just been doing it longer than Mike. Mike's well, Tariko hasn't football. been calling NFL games every day for a while, right? He True, took he took, took a hiatus. Studio, yeah, and did the Olympics. Um. Uh, what was I'm just a big Mike Tarico guy. Maybe it's the bald brotherhood. I don't know, but I just think it's, Mike's just pretty natural. Like he's just he's just good at his job. He's fantastic. I just have a sh- you know short, chubby, bald guy. It's like you just relatable. Not so much anymore. Well, yeah. I mean, I I got skinny, I skinny bald guy. Yeah, I mean skinny fat. Uh, John Brock Purdy made the Niners' 53 man roster. How about that? Who else? I, I was just. Well, they of uh, five Jordan. running backs, all the running backs except for Jemike uh, Hasty made the roster. Yeah, I think the moment the moment Jimmy signed, Sudfeld was fucked because when we had talked about the drama starting and you had brought up the ages, well, if you're picking between the two and you had options, you would take the younger guy if they're both equal, right? One guy's 29, the other guy's 22. Just in that sense, a ceiling no brainer. Well, when the 49ers were not going to cut Brock Purdy once Jimmy came back. Why? People on on Twitter were like, what do you guys Because t-? I tweeted like, Brock Purdy's making this team and Nick, Nate Sudfeld's getting a $2 million. Thank you. See you. Enjoy your life. And yeah. who knows? Maybe they bring him back on practice squad, but you don't need four quarterbacks. <laughs> Three's enough. Is that Kyle Shanahan loves Brock Purdy. That much is clear. That happened the broadcast when those two guys, Greg Papa and Tim Ryan, started 
kind of rubbing poetic about how awesome Brock Purdy has been in the coaches' minds. Well, what does that mean? That I don't know. The guy that runs the offense has been really impressed. So we knew that they liked him immediately right then, like the public did. Well, once Jimmy comes back, they're going to keep three quarterbacks because they are under no circumstances at the most important position in the NFL going to risk. Kyle has minions all over the NFL. And you and I talked about this the moment. It was like, okay, Purdy's actually kind of interesting. Well, Kyle's not alone. Most quarterback coaches kind of think the same. Not every quarterback coach aspires to have like, you know, Mahomes. You know, they, they just want an accurate guy, especially at a backup quarterback. He was liked, well-liked in the coaching community. Now, a lot of places, the coaching community doesn't have that much pull in the front office, right? If you're a quarterback coach, the head coach and the GM, like, They'll take your opinion, but you don't get to make the pick. Well, you do have a little more juice once it's like, hey, guys, hearing my guy Brock Purdy's killing it, our backup quarterback. I watched, as someone that talked a lot of shit about the preseason, I probably watched an unhealthy amount of fourth quarters. (laughs) And a lot of it loosely on in the background. But all of a sudden, I'd look up, and it'd be like Cardinals, Titans, or Raiders, Patriots in the fourth quarter. Quarterback play is atrocious. I mean, a joke. And... Like most of those are third string quarterbacks. Well, some of these teams now are keeping three quarterbacks. So, this notion that Brock Purdy could he have passed waivers? 100%. Was Kyle Shanahan, if he really liked him, going to risk it? When he, again, all his minions are all over the NFL? No chance. Can you imagine if Kyle Shanahan really likes a guy? Like, I think we can get him to waivers. Well, he better make it to waivers because if he doesn't and we lose him and someone claims him, I'm going to be fucking pissed. I have no problem, I don't know, cutting a ninth lineman. This guy plays quarterback. And if he can be a backup quarterback, we just saw it a couple weeks ago that, uh, what's his name, Kevin O'Connell traded for Nick Mullins. Like there are enough guys that kind of run a similarity of this offense that play with players like that, right? Just around the NFL. I would imagine Brock, I would say probably 50-50 chance he would have got claimed. Well, the chance is higher that he would have got claimed than Nate Sudfeld would have got claimed. And I think if you're Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, you have you have to prepare for the possibility that because Jimmy Garoppolo is now only six and a half million dollars, just because you didn't trade him today doesn't mean you won't trade him in October. If that situation arises, what do you have then at backup quarterback, right? You couldn't go with only two quarterbacks on your roster. But but if I told you just in general, if you and I ran a team and we had a guy that we had drafted end of the seventh round, right? Mr. Irrelevant. And he had blown us away. And he plays quarterback. Regardless of we're a powerhouse team, a shitty team, I'm not allowing that guy out of my building. Well, you draft him because you like him. Then you play with him. You like him more. Why would you not keep him? And he plays quarterback. Well, yeah, and he plays quarterback. I think you can. And unlike Sudfeld, he just, to me, when you said you thought Brock over Sudfeld, it made perfect sense because Sudfeld, whatever his peak is, he's probably around it. Now, could Kyle get a little more out of him, maybe. But if you're Kyle at this point, you're thinking, can I turn Brock Purdy into a my backup, my a guy I can win four games with if something happens in the next couple of years with Trey and Trey's my guy, a guy I trade for a second or a third round pick in the future, right? All of those things. Probably unlikely you trade him for a second or third, but having a backup quarterback you trust means a lot to these coaches. Well, especially the offensive coaches. I think a big thing is like, well, they just gave they gave Nate Sutton. And those guys two. are expensive, by the way. Sorry, John. The, the backup quarterbacks get expensive if you have the guy you really want. Right? It's a few Even million if bucks you're saving. For sure. Well, they gave $2 million to, to Nate Sudfeld. 
but I just typed in the date. Part of it is the the way the NFL calendar plays out. Would they have given Nate Sudfeld $2 million in the middle of the summer? Probably not. But they gave it to him on March 10th. Well, that's well before the draft. And at that time, they thought Jimmy was not going to be on their team. So it's easy to say, of course, if they could do that over again, they would not have given him the money. But at the time, they had to be looking at it. They probably weren't planning on drafting a quarterback. They clearly weren't. They drafted the guy at the end of the seventh round, literally the last pick of the draft. So they were probably thinking of like, we'll sign Nate, we'll have Trey, we'll trade or release Jimmy, and we'll probably get, you know, we might have a chance at like the best undrafted free agent quarterback to sell him, hey, listen, we really like you. You can come here. At worst, you'll be our practice squatter, and you'll have a chance to compete for the number two job, right? That was, I'm sure, their mindset. So I I never fault teams. It's always easy to look back and like, why'd you sign Mike Glennon? Well, we didn't know we were going to draft Josh Rosen. or You know, it's, it's so easy mm-hmm. to play that game. If the draft was before or the Jimmy Garoppolo system, you know, if it, the roles were reversed, it wouldn't have happened. I, I can, you could say, you know, probably going to give them $2 million. Well, they thought at the time, like, this is probably the best we can do as a backup, right? Yeah. I liked Colt McCoy, who cost less, but whatever. And maybe Colt was just so comfortable here, like, for an extra couple hundred grand, and, you know, 750 grand, but you factor in California taxes. Yeah. You know. Some guys get very comfortable when they know they're really like, but it feels like that's feels like one of the better bargains in the league for the Arizona Cardinals. That guy couldn't get like three million, four million dollars. Um, Trey Sermon. How about Trey? Not just Trey Sermon, John. The Niners are carrying five running backs, which so Peter didn't get played. <laughs> no, Peter was. T- it's same, that's another example of the stuff we're talking about, right? Like Peter just knew. But not because Peter was grinding the tape. It was like, I don't know. I love these cuts from Trey Sermon. No, they, they told him. We like Trey Sermon. Um, keeping five running backs historically, probably not a bad thing for Kyle Shanahan because running backs get hurt. So Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson, Trey Sermon, Ty Davis-Price, and Jordan Buck Mason. Made the team. Uh, Code Ham won, no longer. Um, that's the squad. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Jamichael Hasty. You don't think Hasty as of... You don't. You think there's teams out there that like Hasty? Now there's yeah, got room for him. But. I, I don't know how many years he's been in the league. You know the rules on if he has to clear through waivers or if he's immediately a free agent. Uh, looks like he has to clear through waivers. So, yeah, I. They, they clearly just you know I I do think and you brought this up. There is a chance that maybe Anthony Lynn's pounding the table, and if you go yeah, all in on Anthony Lynn, yeah. who is a well-established guy who is a running back at his core and a running back coach, if he's telling you that, like, what's the point in hiring him if you're not going to let him influence your room, right? Part of it, too, is like, well, does he know the Shanahan system? Yeah, he's literally a Shanahan guy, (laughs) you know, right? He knows exactly what they want in a running back. And when he was with Rex Ryan, and they were one of the best running teams in the league, I think they were the best running team in the league in the late 2000s, fucking ran it down your throat. So it's not like Anthony Lynn likes guys dancing around. I so, see. It's interesting listening to you talk. You made me think of something else because, yeah, I suggested on Monday, it, Monday, it might be that Anthony Lynn likes him. It might also be that when Anthony Lynn got the job, Kyle Shanahan said, "I need you. You get a year with Trey Sermon. I know it's in him. Get the get it out of him." Right? Somebody really likes Trey Sermon. The Niners drafted him. Maybe it's Anthony Lynn who came in and is viewed as a good running backs coach. I also think it probably speaks to the development of Elijah Mitchell. Now he's got to stay healthy, but Hasty was a reliable third down back, right? both in blitz pickup and pass catching. Maybe it will be more of Elijah Mitchell on third downs this year. Again, got to be healthy. But maybe they feel like Elijah's going to be taking those snaps that Hasty had. 
And so he became expendable for that reason too. Yeah. I, I, I do think that every team, if you were just living and dying with every team has a tough cut or two. I think the majority of guys that are cut are relatively easy. I think there are two or three that are very challenging that you like legitimately argue, you talk about as a staff, but the majority of guys that cut that are going to come back to your practice squad are pretty easy. Like ultimately Sudfeld and Purdy, once they realize, well, hey, Jimmy might come back. I think that decision was, I mean, I guess Kyle said, right? Brock Purdy beat him out as the number two quarterback. So the, 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 as the, as you have all these practices, Schwartz texted me the other day. He's like, from a scouting perspective, does the last preseason game matter? And my take was, I think it used to matter more when there were four, when I was in the league, four preseason games, because you would have your buildup where some of the starters would play. And the fourth preseason game, like you would really, like a couple guys on the fringe would get to start against other guys on the other team you were playing, same situation, and just be a battle for like a half. I feel like that third preseason game now, like it's kind of a, like, I think Kyle's kind of right. Like just kind of a, it doesn't matter. I think to make teams now, it's more about the practices and especially these joint practices, maybe a little bit in the game. I'm not saying you can suck in the game, but if everything's kind of neutral in the game, they're a little less powerful uh, with less starters and less like high draft picks playing. It's, it's a little harder to kind of gauge. Uh, it, it's I think it's more about the practice stuff. Like I did Mason make the team because of practice? Probably. I mean, that fucking guy was making plays, right? Yeah, he did. He looked good in practice. He did. I mean, I think Brock Purdy would, he obviously looks good in the game, but I would say when we were in practice, Brock Purdy completes a lot of balls. And then in the game, the one thing you see, like the difference between him and Nate Sudfeld, and I think this is where the league's kind of going. If you can't move, guy, like you better be Peyton Manning or Phillip Rivers. Like I can't have a, I can't have a statue in, in 2022. There's just, even look at some of Purdy's plays or just turn on some of these preseason games. All these people can run. The whole league can run. How many fast guys are on defense now? I think Purdy can just move. He uh, he's got some far in him, John, which was the one thing Kyle probably likes, but I I would think ultimately hates throwing picks, backup quarterbacks throwing picks. But I think he thinks I might have a playmaker here if I can help him figure out when to make the plays and when not to make the plays. Yeah, comp I got from a scouting director was he's, him and Mullins, pretty good comp. You don't like my Favre comp. Well, isn't Mullins was kind of Farvey, like kind of thought he was like Favre? It was his boy. He called him on Thursday Night Football on the set, Nick Mullins. So, Jason Poe, uh, not starting a left guard probably for the Niners week one. But he did 6K views on a YouTube, so. Yeah, he's a, he's actually the, uh, the bear starting left guard on the practice squad for the 49ers, I would guess. <laughs> that one changed pretty quick. Um, Alex Leatherwood cut. Now, for those of you thinking, didn't he just get drafted? Yes. The Raiders made him the 17th overall pick in 2021, which is just over one year ago, that draft. And, um, he's now cut John, not acquired via trade cut, cut. Listen, I don't have uh, a researcher in front of me, but I think it's fair to say, if you factor in non-injury, non-injury, is this the worst top 20 pick of all time? He did not make it to year two, week one on that team. Non-injury. So I think the short answer is no, because like, you know, first round picks 
are not all weighted the same, right? Like the number two pick missing on that pick is way worse than missing on the 17th pick. Like Jamarcus Russell lasted three years in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, But like, you know, drafting Solomon Thomas ahead of Josh Allen is probably a worse pick, right? I'm just strictly talking about length. He yes, did not from, did, make it. From, I understand. I'm just separating. I think there's two different ways to talk about worst. But from your perspective, this, yeah, has there been a guy that lasted less time without being arrested uh, or injured? He did not make it. Or even, here's the thing. He was not even tradable. They could not trade the 17th pick in the draft. I would imagine they would have given him away for a fifth or sixth round pick. Or a seventh. They would have traded him for a seventh just to let's get off just, of the money. Let's just go from like 18 to 32 and just go, would teams trade for this player? Not even factor in what is he a tradable player? Who was picked after Alex Leatherwood? Jalen Phillips, actually. I, I honestly haven't watched that much Dolphins, but I would imagine he's a tradable player. Um, yeah, Kadarius Tony went 20. Quiddy Pay, 21. Caleb Tradable. Harley. Tradable. Najee. Travis Etienne. Tradable. Tradable. Rashad Bateman. Tradable. Elijah Moore. Second round. Javon Holland. Landon Dickerson. Yeah, I mean, we keep going. First I round. Think it's, it's it's pretty historic how terrible Gruden's run was high in the draft, right? Well, remember he had a third round. Uh, who was the running back? Lynn Bowden got cut today. Saw that. Um, the corner from Ohio State. Uh, the first it, round. He's in jail currently. It was, and they cut him before he was bad. Before he was. With the uh, guns. You know, bef- before he was a liability off the field, he was a liability on the field. Think about this guy. He got cut for guns on Instagram, and that's not why he's in jail. He's in jail for drugs. But he also wasn't a good football player. Yeah, not good. Yeah. Missed on the character and on the player. That's that's the thing that was, I think, a little crazy, right? Was Damon Arnett was the year before, and Damon Arnett, the reaction when they drafted Alex Leatherwood was the same. Like, wait a second. You guys had him as a first-rounder? And, of course, the 2020 draft, not only was Damon Arnett, it was Henry Ruggs. And the 19 draft was Farrell, Jacobs, and Jonathan Abram in the first round. So they had three They had three picks, two first-rounders in 20 and one in 21 that are no yes. longer on the team. And yeah. two of them are in jail. Jacobs is still on the team. And two of them are in jail. God. I mean, both 20 picks are in jail. Man. Now, you might be thinking, well, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that Josh McDaniels is here now, John, to clean this whole thing up. He knows what he's doing. And, um, you know, we believe in him. But I don't know if you saw this tweet today (laughs) from Bill Barnwell. The Patriots had 13 first, second, and third round picks from 2018 to 2020. Right now, it looks like They went two for 13. (laughs) And then he listed out all the guys. Isaiah Wynn, Sony Michelle, Duke Dawson, Nikhil Harry, Jawan Williams, Chase Winovich, uh, Damian Harris, Yadni Kajust, Kyle Duggar, um, on and on and on. 
They cut think- Devin Asiasi today and Dalton Keene, who were their two third rounders in 2020. <laughs> so, new sheriff in town. <laughs> is Cole Strange a starter? That's what I want to know. I think I think he is. Okay. That's uh, Patriots. Cole, uh, check it out. I mean, he's 37 years old, so, you know, it's just Belichick's drafting, you know, maybe he tries to miss on purpose. Drafting Drafting is hard. It is. Drafting is hard. In fairness Uh, to the Patriots, a little bulky-ish. For two decades, they were drafted the end of every round. True. It's not. This Also, here's the other thing, John. You... You get fired for losing, not for drafting prop, not for drafting poorly. Now, drafting poorly might equate to losing, but you get draft, you get fired for losing, not for bad drafts. I would be hard pressed for anyone to find a top twenty pick the following year. Could not be, you know, a lot of young players, new administrations get traded. Remember, Favre was almost a first round pick. I think he was early second round pick, and then he was traded the next year from yeah. the Falcons to the like that. That's historically happened. I'm not saying. This guy was untradeable. And you'd be like, well, he's owed 37 million. No, he's owed six million. And he right. plays offensive line. That is insane. Mike asked Leatherwood or Banks. Funny thing is, there's probably a lot of teams that had the Niners may have had Banks higher on their board, higher on their board than Leatherwood, right? I think Banks could be traded for a fifth or sixth or seventh round pick, right? I think they could trade him for a seventh. Wasn't the thought that Leatherwood was not Definitely a lot of people didn't think he was a first-round grade. Did people think he was a second-round grade? I thought a lot of people kind of had off the board. They just thought it was too weird. I think there was some just different dude. McDaniels hated, clearly. Do you think McDaniels ever hated a player as much as he hated this guy? God, I mean. Because it would be a double hate, right? To hate somebody in such a short amount of time is a lot of hate. You didn't draft him. You already come in with the mindset you despised him. I can imagine Ziegler didn't like him at all coming out. That was like a huge thing Mayock and Gruden used to hang their hat on when they were going after free agents. Like, look at our draft board from 14. It's public. You know we loved you. Remember? I was like, we told Mariota, top two player on my board and his board. Check out NFL.com. No other GMs don't have to deal with that. Like if you had Ziegler's board, you're like, oh, this guy's fucked. Oh, this guy's screwed. Oh, this guy's got a chance. <laughs> you know? Can you imagine if every GM had to like when they inherited a team, had to put out their draft grades on every player on the team? That like if Joe Shane, when he got the Giants job, had to put out his draft grades on all the players on the team, it was like Daniel Jones was a fifth. Oh my, he's screwed. <laughs> That's a genius idea. That now that would be a good. And then you like reveal it as they're sitting there on. T, you do it live on TV. Would you say if NFL Network picked a time like between the combine and the draft to do new GM had to just reveal, even if it was just like the twenty two starters on the team that he's inheriting, yeah, just yeah. that would would that get some views? Somebody reads back to him his draft report, you know, or his scouting report on the guy. Uh, you wrote here, shitbird. <laughs> now, when you wrote that about your starting left guard. <laughs> Uh, Ashley on the stream asked, what do you guys make of AJ Hawk and Pat McAfee saying that from their experience, there's zero way that the locker room doesn't become an issue if Trey Lance struggles. Now I didn't hear him say that. And sometimes we get into some trouble when we believe the chat, but this seems like a, thank you, AJ, AJ Hawk with the cigar. Um, but this seems like a reasonable take that, that they would have. Uh, what do I make of it? I think that's a very reasonable take. If Trey Lance is not playing well, 
Uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo is in the locker room. Yes, that could make things weird for hold on. <laughs> I, I mean, look, if Trey Lance isn't playing well and Jimmy's in the room, I mean, what are we talking about? Right? AJ, what are we talking about? You know, in my experience with the Packers and Aaron, it would have been very weird. So, yeah, Pat, I I think you're all over it. Great stuff, AJ. Thanks. Another great drop-in from AJ. I love how they make fun of AJ. <laughs> well, AJ's sitting there, and AJ's like, I don't – what What do I care? Sometimes I click on – because it just comes on our feed. AJ's car got stolen from his driveway at like four in the morning, his fucking oh. pickup truck. It was just the interaction of him running out like shirtless and the guy's taking off and then he calls the police <laughs> and those guys are making fun of him. And like the seven, like Pat McAfeeettes in the background, all ripping them. It's just people forget AJ Hawk is like one of the most heralded players at the Ohio state and was a top 10 draft pick at middle linebacker and played for the Packers for like a decade but he carries himself like he was just like a nobody. <laughs> He's clearly the more like famous. Pat probably now is more famous, but like in the NFL sphere, AJ Hawk, Ohio State, Green Bay Packers, middle linebacker, Super Bowl jam. Don't forget. Did you say, sorry, don't forget, played against Brady Quinn, Notre Dame, Ohio State. He married a sister. AJ's married to Brady's sister, right? So they would have a shot of her. Or was or the, it or the other way around? No, Brady's not married. Yeah, AJ's married to Brady's sister because Brady's yeah. married to uh, Alicia Sacramone, the uh, Olympic gymnast. Got you. Praise. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You put so, Brady in the uh, Jesse Palmer category of just like pretty good looking dude. No, John, I put him in a tier above Jesse Palmer. Yeah, he's. <laughs> I remember my buddy, <laughs> my buddy Aaron. He told me the story the day. He's like, you know, I'd forgotten about this. You really helped me out. My buddy Aaron Goldsmith, who does games for Fox, was filling in for. It was Joe Davis and Brady was the crew, and he was filling in for Joe one day. And I knew he was nervous. I texted him like five minutes before the game. And what I said to him, I'd forgotten about it. He told me the story the other day. What I said is, don't worry, bro. When the, you two come on the camera, no one's looking at you. No one is going to be looking at you. Everyone is looking at Brady. That's so true. Don't even, don't even sweat it. He was like, you know, that really calmed me down. I have but, a guy, a producer on NFL radio that, you know, I would say once like a six months will hit me up. And usually, I mean, I rarely did it. One time he asked, he was like, hey, Brady Quinn and so-and-so, will you come on their show? I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll go on it. I had never talked to him. And again, it's just a when you're in that mode, it's hard to like get a grasp. Brady couldn't have been. I felt like this guy is pretty normal for being that good looking. It was like he was very – I was just – he kind of had this like blue-collar, like Sanchez liner kind of vibe going. But, he, but I feel like he's more like an actor, even though he's obviously an athlete. I was just impressed with his from your recon. Is he pretty people like him? I think he's well liked. Uh, I have a buddy that's very <laughs> tight with him. And so I've met him once or twice. And I do you agree is, with my assessment of like, yeah, that he's, I think he's a extremely likable B. He is very sharp. Like Brady Quinn is very smart. Um, 
and he's opinionated, like which is not you know whatever. But I think he's very smart. And I, I have a buddy, I think I mentioned this to you the other day, who played in the league, and I was talking about this the other day. He's like, you know, by and large, quarterbacks can be kind of weird just because they get so much attention all the time. They're used to everybody kind of looking at them that they can actually – Walk in the bar assumes, here for the sex. Yeah, everybody just – I'm the tall guy here for the sex. Everybody just assumes that quarterbacks are kind of – not necessarily the life of the party, but just um, – uh, like are great in every social situation. And my buddy's point was like, yeah, they can be a little awkward just because they, in their defense, everyone's always looking at them. They're always kind of the center of attention. It can be a little awkward. And uh, you're right. Liner doesn't have that vibe. Brady definitely. Sanchez comes off kind of normal too. He says, you know, the, I don't know. Brady definitely has. I like, put, I'll, I'll, put I'll, like, like, I'll end up Queens on like some. Tw- yeah. I think. Brady's probably a little more Liner's a little more laid back. Brady's yeah. a little more kind of aggressive. But Brady, I'll be like Brady, Ohio guy, Liner, Manhattan Beach or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it comes off that way. But I will be on like 24-7 sports or I'll end up on like some link from Twitter. It'll be like CBSSports.com and it'll just be Brady giving a take. And then like Brady's on radio and then Brady's on TV. And Brady works his ass off, man. Yeah. And he can partly because I think he's really smart. He's a grinder. He's a grind. He is. He's a grinder. But he, you know, I think most of the California quarterbacks, <laughs> you could even, I met Carson Palmer one time, Sanchez, Leinert, uh, I'd put Derek, I'd put Rogers, obviously. They, they just, you know, I, Montana, while he was Ohio, I he just adopted California. Like, or just, you know, just <laughs> a little more, not obviously, like I would say Carson Palmer was a grinder, but it's just a little more, you know, Aaron, just like, yeah, you know, I once. Popped a Percocet before game, you know, just kind of went with it. You see that? <laughs> no. Is that part of the Rogan interview? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what's the worst thing he's ever taken before a game? He's like, Percocet? I, I wasn't quite sure. Like, it's Percocet. I, and I, when I look it up, it's just Oxycontin, which uh, it sounded way crazier. Like, Percocet, just because I've heard it in songs. But if it's just pain pills, pain pills. I would imagine many NFL players back before. You ever seen Dope Sick? Uh, uh, Hulu? Michael Keaton on the Oxycontin? No. I'd recommend it. It's a good watch. Uh, it's like a, you know, it's kind of like a, it's just a legit show, but Mike, you know, about the Oxycontin epidemic from the big pharma, this, whoever the pharmaceutical company was actually like a family run company. It was their idea and they were lying about it. Oh, but. the sac, sac, I watched a different one. Sacker family. I watched, I think of one on Netflix. This one, they use actors. It's not like a oh, documentary, okay. it, but Michael Keaton is kind of the, the lead dog. Like he kind of carries the show. It's, it's excellent. Uh, but I would imagine if Oxycontin is essentially Percocet, which again, I'm not a drug guy, could be wrong. It's not that great. Like, whatever, you know, 2007 or 10 or 11, Aaron Rodgers was not alone on that, right? Yeah. Would be my guess. But I was like, Percocet? Isn't there a song? Percocet, Percocet. <laughs> uh, anything else we need to hit on today? I mean, we talked about the rosters, some of the headlines there. Are you gonna are you gonna put a tweet out today of like keep your heads up for all the guys that didn't make the team? That's a big one today. If you're like a former player or even like a media guy that tries to act like you you're empathetic, like keep your all head right. up, fellas. Remember, a thousand dreams died today. Yeah. <laughs> like guys, I once was relieved of my duties from my first radio gig. Be a couple media guys kind of throw that out. Like everyone, keep your head up. B, there's always like a couple beat writers, younger ones that are like, everyone, these are humans. 
Stop treating them like fucking robots. People lose their jobs. Yeah, it'll be like, uh, I'll say this for Mike Smith. He was cut today, but he was always straight up with the media. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, this is this is the NFL. We're trying to put together the best 53 players. Everyone knows the drills. Not being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, the bar is pretty low. Uh the Gino, I guess Gino, I didn't see this till just now. I even though I expected it. Gino was listed is listed this the he's this beat out Drew Locke. He's the Seahawks starter. Interesting, John, that that got that news comes out right after Jimmy signs with the 49ers. The cover up, the cover up. I do think Lombardi, and I think Michael this is a little David. Mac, uh, Michael. I think a lot of people, and I, I never have a problem with this, but I rarely go all in unless I know something, and I'm not like wasting that much time like trying to get the inside scoop. I just wait for it to come out and give my opinion. These guys go all in on their takes, right? So then when it backfires, like everyone's like, I was told Mac Jones, I'm telling you, I had the top. I mean, 17 guys said that last year. It's like, yeah, guys, we don't care. You don't need to, like Lombardi. We believe you. Like it just, you, you don't need to keep like fighting this fight on these internet bots. Like you're, you're, you're fine, bro. Like everyone believed what you were saying that Seattle was interested. You're like, okay, you're like you, you've said enough things that turned out to be true. You don't need to like fight this imaginary boxing a match in this imaginary ring. Like, it's cool. He's staying with the Niners. Like, no one, they're not trying to do some cover up. They even said, like, yeah, we didn't think this was possible. So now you're arguing something that's not even, they're not even arguing. Like, you're, you're not arguing. John and Kyle aren't even saying the argument that you think they're saying. <laughs> but I think you get so, like, your back's against the wall. You're like, God, I, I doubled down. And then everyone starts reiterating your take, like, God, you see what Lombardi, I heard Bill Simmons, like, Lombardi was hammering home. You know, and it just becomes part of the vernacular of the Jimmy story. It's like, oh, Lombardi thinks he's going there. Former GM. I bet Lombardi bet money on it. I bet he, I bet he lost money. I bet he bet it. Might have, because I think I they was, like, bet. plus four to one, like, his next team. So you're, you're pissed off because you lost cash? <laughs> Uh, GT on the stream asks, Ham with DraftKings now. What happened to my bookie? Um, we had a good run. We uh, received another offer, and uh, it made sense for us, John, to go that direction. Vote yes, Prop 22, California, if you're watching. Is it 22? Is that what it is? I thought it was 27. 27. I meant 2022 in the fall. Oh. Vote Prop 27. Vote yes. Make gambling legal. I'm tired of this monopoly. Everyone should be able to you know, do business. These other states are doing it. It's time for us. Amen. Uh, I'm just scrolling through. I loved going to Cash Creek all those years. and still do. Yoshideshi, great golf course. But, you know, they're going to fight this tooth and nail. And I, I'm just sorry. I'm, I'm against them on this one. And we'll admit for selfish reasons. But I think most people, if you want to gamble. you well, for others. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Malik Willis, officially the backup quarterback for the Titans. Um, bu- 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 a, lot, a lot of guys here, guy, a lot of people made the team today who will be cut tomorrow because <laughs> all, you know, there are going to be, let's just pick a number, 48 guys claimed. Well, those 48 guys will take jobs of people that were told today, you're good. You know, that guy will be then cut tomorrow to make room for the guy they claimed. Here's, here's a little piece of information for you. Cynthia, uh, Cynthia Freeland who, you know, does like some of the analytics. Oh, stuff yeah, on yeah. Network. She was the Bills sideline reporter and the Bills played the Panthers the other day. Are you Baker- automatically given a job when you work so. for NFL Network with the team? Uh, Baker Mayfield told her after the game, I'm going to about. Um, uh, I'm gonna... 
Uh, regarding the week one game against the Browns, Baker told her, quote, I'm going to fuck them up. I think I saw someone, I follow for whatever reason, like 10 people in the Cleveland area. It might have just been from some of those LeBron warrior things. I don't know. Maybe I just follow the Browns. One of their lead guys, like, I mean, a very credible reporter thought it was kind of, she released the audio, I think. It makes sense now because he was like, this is kind of bullshit. This is not fair to Baker to release that. or Whether she tweeted that out, like, you don't put that out. So he, didn't, you, he did not say that on television. So she was on a podcast. So it's a little more casual. And she said that uh, she said to him, hey, go kick some butt laughing. And he said, I'm going to fuck them up. So maybe it was a very casual conversation. I thought this guy, at least what I read, made it sound like she played audio on whatever, wherever she, I'm just it. reading here. It said he goes, she goes on the around the NFL podcast with Greg Rosenthal, Dan Hansis and Mark Sessler. And Hansis says to her, you ran into Baker Mayfield. I was hoping you could share the exchange you had. And she said, I was like, Hey, go kick some butt. And, uh, it's go kick some butt, especially week one. And he says, I'm going to fuck them up. So I think it's probably a pretty casual thing, but you know, when it gets, aggregated it just becomes a quote baker said he's gonna fuck up the browns my guess is if we listen to this story one of her co-hosts says hey tell us about that baker interaction you had and she's like i told him good luck and he said oh i'm gonna go get him you know that feels to me like it was the tone i don't think there was audio uh but she has since said i shouldn't have spoken about our private conversation i used bad judgment i should have asked him first yeah and then she she said i think before that oh boy this is silly uh, don't make this more than it is. I was wishing him good luck colorfully. He agreed with me colorfully. Yeah, which I believe her. I, I just think it's hard. I was talking to somebody about this today because they had some quote that was like, it's just there are some things that just aren't going to translate. And it's nobody else's fault. If it gets cut, it's just not going to be the same as it Big was. difference like, I'm going to fuck him up and fuck them. I'm going to kill yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> and I think, I, think I, can, I can hear the conversation, right, which was, Go get them. Oh, I'm going to get them. It's kind of probably that, you know, but I think and listen, I don't consider myself by any means a big J, but I that one, given how polarizing the situation is with him, yes. the Browns, I I just wonder, you know, he said he she could alive. Like he said, he's pretty fired up, you know? Yeah, I think you get put in a bad spot. You told your co-host that story off the air. And they're like, come on, tell us the story. And you're like, you're like, ah, fuck it. It's a podcast. It's casual. Everyone will understand. Yeah. But then it's just not the way. It's just not the way things work, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. But it doesn't end now, right? He gets asked about it. He gets asked about it. I guess technically he would have to say off the record, I'm going to fuck him up or otherwise <laughs> it's on the record. Yeah. Technically, you know, but all right. Um, if Jimmy Garoppolo, get, Oh wait, it's already done. It's happened. It's, okay. He gets uh, Trey Lance's uh, LFG. Let's fucking go. Instagram tagged Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy. Uh, Akash has uh, found this, uh, found this one on the internet. So here you go, John. I'll leave you with this. What Trey Lance with the public. Look at this. The graphic. Jimmy's he, a little smaller, and then Brock's even smaller. But Trey tagged Jimmy and Brock Purdy. And uh, there you go. Ultimate team. I see he's covering up, you know. Hmm? Oh, yeah. Save it. They, they got a good looking. Those are three good looking guys. Good looking quarterback room. I mean, Jimmy's probably the stalwart, and the other two are just pretty, just 
you know, pretty actually probably just looks like a normal guy. Trey's pretty big. Jimmy's like, you think I'm making six and a half million? I got 40% in Travis Matthew. Football is my side hustle. I got to pee so bad. On that note, thanks for hanging, everybody. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.